0: This is trey johnson and i'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching i pray that it empowers you encourages you and motivates you to know god and to be who he's created you to be hello my name is trey johnson thank you so much for joining us today you know we've been talking about god's heart concerning continual restoration in every area of our life So we're glad that you joined us today. I know every one of us have gone through things where the enemy has stolen, whether it's time, whether it's your dream, whether it's relationships, whether it's financially. And a lot of times what we do when we go through things in life, we just chalk it up as a loss. And that's just the way life happens. But in the kingdom of God, when God restores things, he always brings it back to the original, makes it better, he increases it, he multiplies it, and he improves it. That's what he wants to do in our life. And so we're going to get into God's word today. And we're going to learn how. How do we position ourselves to walk in continual restoration? How do we hold the enemy? You know, Proverbs chapter 6 verse 31 says, When the thief is found out, he has to repay seven times. How do we How do we position ourselves? Not only for the enemy to repay us seven times, but also to step in and possess the land on purpose. To walk in continual restoration you think of the definition of continual it means frequently recurring always happening no interruptions that he doesn't want restoration just to be a little bit here a little bit there every once in a while we see god's word work no he's like I always want it to happen in your life. I always want to improve. I always want to make it better. I always want to multiply what I'm doing in your life. So get your Bible, get your pen, your paper, your iPad. Text somebody, let them know. Join us on today's broadcast because we're going to learn and we're going to grow. And I believe as we hear God's Word, Romans 10, 17 tells us, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So just like any area of life, if it's healing, if it's finances, if it's wisdom, Faith comes by hearing. So we're going to hear about continual restoration. And remember, why do you want more? When you get quiet in the presence of God and you listen and hear, you know there's more to walking with God than just going to church. You know that there's more than just being religious. You know why you want more and why you're hungry for more? Because there is more. Isn't that what Jesus tells us in John chapter 10 verse 10? It says, The thief is the one who steals, kills, and destroys. He says, but I come to give you life and life more abundantly. And the Amplified it says, to the full till it overflows. Why do you want more? Because it's the character and nature of God. There's more wisdom, more courage, more strength. And when he says, I want you to walk in continual restoration, he's expressing his heart to you and I. He's saying, I don't want just, you know, get back what the devil has stolen. I want to improve it and multiply it and make it better. So I just want to start off by some, some landmarks that we can place in our life. How do we position ourselves to walk in continual restoration? Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So I've got to ask, am I hungry for the presence of God? Am I hungry to walk in relationship with God? Those who hunger and thirst... After righteousness, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but His way of doing things. Am I, am I hungry to know the mind of God, the heart of God, the will of God? He says, if I am, I will be filled, not I might be filled. Now, how does a person stir their hunger? Always remember, whatever you give your attention to is going to build a desire for good or bad. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 says, My son, pay attention to my words. Cline your ears to my saying, don't let them depart from your eyes. What was he saying? When you give my word your attention, it's going to build a desire where you want more of God's word. You don't want more religion. You don't want more just going through the process. No, you, you want more. So position yourself to be hungry and thirsty for God's way of doing things. And he says, you will be filled. Listen to this in Matthew six thirty three. but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto us. He's saying, I'm wanting you to walk in continual restoration, but I've got to ask myself, am I doing God's word? Because remember, it's only the doers of the word that get results. It's not the Bible havers, it's not the church goers, it's all oh, that's great and dandy. We need all that. It's those who are doing the word of God. So I'm asking, okay, am I hungry? Am I thirsty? Am I seeking Him first? He promises, I'll add all things unto you. That even includes continual restoration, frequently recurring, always happening. No interruptions of God bringing your life back to what He's originally created to be, then multiplying it, increasing it, improving it, and make it better. Listen to James chapter 4, verse 8. Now, when I read these scriptures, remember we're asking, am I doing this? Can I find myself in God's Word? James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to me. Am I drawing near? You are to a certain degree. I mean, you're watching this program. Am I drawing near on a consistent basis? If I want continual restoration to manifest in my life, then I want to continually be drawing near to God. I don't want to uh, draw near less. I don't want to worship less. I don't want to give less. I want to draw near more. Am I seeking him first? Am I hungry and thirsty so when we read god's word remember it's always about knowing him anything that we do anything that we learn in god's word this always points to the heart of god it always points to knowing his character and nature what are some more things to position us to walk in continual restoration first thessalonians chapter 5 verses 16 through 18 it says rejoice always pray without ceasing In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, if I were to ask you, how many of you want to know that you're in the will of God and we'd all raise our hands and everything, but if if I'm being thankful, if I'm praying without ceasing, that doesn't mean you just walk around praying all the time. It means you're just including God in your life you're talking to him lord should i do this should i not do this you're listening in here you're rejoicing always and it says and in everything you give thanks for this is the will of god in christ jesus now remember you're not giving god thanks for a car wreck or the cancer or a premature death or the curse no you're you're thanking god in everything that he's in you he's with you he's for you he's on your side it says and when you're thankful and you hold on see thanksgiving is a form of faith thank you lord for never leaving me nor forsaking me it keeps you in faith thank you lord for the air that I'm breathing that keeps you in faith. He says, this is how one of the ways that you know you're in the will of God is being thankful. Are you thankful that you're at least, you have a TV to watch this on? Are you thankful that you have a house? Are you thankful for the food that you eat? Are you thankful for the mercy of God and the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus? If you're thankful, you're in the will of God. Listen to what Hebrews 13 verse 15 says. Through him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. So notice he's saying, okay, constantly at all times be thankful. Remember, there's two times to thank the Lord when you feel like it and when you don't. <laughs> that keeps you always constantly being thankful. Notice how he says it's a sacrifice of praise. You know, there are days that we don't feel like praising God. There's There are days that our flesh doesn't want to be thankful, but it's faith is a choice. It's a decision. When you feel like it, it's easier to praise God. When you feel like it, it's easier to be thankful. But when you don't feel like it, it can be a sacrifice. You're Sac- you're putting your will and your flesh up on the altar and saying no no i'm going to thank god and i'm going to praise god all the time always and like we just learned that this lets me know i'm in the will of god deuteronomy 28 verse 47 through 48 it says because you did not serve the lord your god with joyfulness of mind and heart and gratitude for the abundance of all with which he has blessed you therefore you shall serve your enemies did you did you get that? He's talking about the beginning in Deuteronomy, he's talking about the blessings. The from verse 15 on is talking about the curses. And he says, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness of mind and heart and gratitude for the abundance of all that he has blessed you, therefore you will serve your enemies. You know, I served the enemy for a long time. And I don't want to serve him anymore. I came out of the kingdom of darkness. Now I'm in the family of God. And he says, we position ourselves to walk in the blessing, in continual restoration, when we have joy, when we're thankful, when we're grateful for everything that God's done, that we're no longer lost, but now we're found. We're no longer in the kingdom of darkness. We're in the kingdom of light that God is working in us and through us and around us. He says, when we are thankful and joyful and grateful, we're not serving the enemy, we're serving God. So I want you to ask yourself, how how am I doing in positioning myself for continual restoration? Listen to this in Psalms 126. See, as we read this, I want you to to listen for um, an action plan. You know, what does God want us to know that He wants us to walk in continual restoration? And now what does He want us to do? Well we're learning. He wants us to be thankful. He wants us to be grateful. He wants us to be joyful. Psalms 126 verses 1 through 4, it says, When the Lord brought back the captives who returned to Zion, we were like those who dream. It seems so unreal. Then were our mouths filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We're glad. Turn to freedom our captivity and restore Our fortunes, O Lord, as the streams in the south, the Negev, are restored by the torrent. So think about what he's saying. Whenever the Lord brought back the captives who returned to Zion, Zion simply means the dwelling place of God. And you and I were all separated from God at some point in time in our life. But when we accepted Jesus, we were brought back to relationship with God and he says, it, it was like somebody that dreamed. You know, when we really come into relationship with God and we have an encounter with God, the real us comes alive because we were spiritually dead. Now we're spiritually alive. We're born again. We're born from above. And then you begin to dream. You begin to see yourself from God's perspective. You begin to see yourself walking in your purpose. You begin to see. When I say see, I'm not talking looking through your eyeballs. I'm talking about seeing in here that you begin to, to dream, the real you starts, your imagination connects to the one who created you and you begin to see your gifts and talents and callings and purpose. He says, it's like somebody who dreamed and you get to the point where you, when you're seeing yourself living a victorious life, when you're seeing yourself in a relationship with God, he says, your mouth is filled with laughter and your tongue with singing because you see the victory. You see what it looks like to live life and life more abundantly. And it says, then they say among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. So you're seeing, okay, I see that God is a good God. I see he wants to do good things in my life. I, I see that he's showing up for that person. I see him showing up for that person. It's easy for us to sit in church or to listen to something like this and say, well, you know, I know it's it's easy for God to answer your prayers or it's easy for God to show up for somebody else because you don't know what I did But as you stay in the process, and as you're seeking him first, and as you're drawing near to him, and as you're hungry and thirsty after righteousness, and as you're thankful and grateful, the real you starts to come alive, and you start to sing, and you have joy in your words, and in your heart, and in your life, and and not only do you see God doing great things for somebody else, but then there's a transition, there's a shift, and it says the Lord does great things for me. So you shift from God just doing it for somebody else to taking ownership of your relationship. And you say, no, God does great things for me. I was teaching a series several years ago called uh, Great is Who God Is and Great Things is What He Does. And I was talking about this scripture. The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord's done great things for us. And this lady comes up to me and she'd been in a car wreck. And whenever she had this car wreck, she ran into a telephone pole and there was a piece of wood that was stuck into her skull and the doctors wouldn't remove it because it was too close to her brain. It was going to affect her and everything. She said, would you, would you pray for me? And I said, yeah, you better believe I would. not I just put my hand on her head, you know, and as I was praying, you could feel the wood just dissipated from her skull. Now, it wasn't anything I did besides just obey God's word. But when I read that scripture, the Lord has done great things for me, that becomes a reality. No longer is God somewhere way out there, but we take ownership. If great is who God is and great things is what He does, well, I want Him to do great things for me. And He's saying one of the great things that I'm wanting to do is continually restore your life, frequently recurring, always happening, no interruptions. I want to bring your life back to what is originally created to be. And then when I get involved, I'm going to multiply it and increase it and I'm going to improve your life. God wants our future to be better than our past. And sometimes that's hard to imagine. Sometimes we want to box God in and we think, well, if you do it this way, then it'll be better. But I want to encourage you, knock the walls of your box down, take the lid of your life off and begin to, to just say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you to do great things for me, not just for somebody else, for me. I hope you're, I hope you're saying that to yourself. And then he goes on to say, turn to freedom our captivity and restore our fortunes. He says, Lord, as the streams in the south are restored by the torrents. Now, what he's talking about this area, the south, the Negev, it was really dry, it was unproductive until the rains come. Then when the tor- torrents come, it would just bring water into those dry, desolate areas and it would begin to produce. It would become beautiful. And the psalmist is saying, God, I ask that you restore our life continually to the point That maybe that dream that was dead, it comes alive. That vision that you couldn't see, you begin to see. That physical part of your body that was dead and non working. There's individuals that are watching right now that you've had bones that haven't been working. But right now, as I'm teaching, this continual restoration is taking place in your life. And things that wouldn't work, you begin to move them in faith. And continual restoration is happening in your body right now. And this is what the psalmist is praying. God, do great things for us to the point that the dead areas come back to life. Psalms 42, you can look at all of this in your your own time. But verse 9, it says, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. And we've talked about this. He's saying there's something new that I'm wanting to do in your life. And before it shows up, I'm going to tell you. And what's he telling us? that he wants us to walk in continual restoration, financially, physically, relationally, emotionally, in every area of life. But then he goes on to say, he says, but I've been looking for somebody who would hear what I'm saying, who would see what I'm seeing, who would open up their mouth. In verse 22, it says, and they would say, restore. He says, my people, they're in bondage. My people, they're spoiled. My people are being held up So I need somebody who has the guts enough to open their mouth and say, restore, restore physically, restore financially. And this is what God is saying. I want to continually, frequently recurring, always happening, no interruptions. I want to restore, make your life better, multiply, improve it. When God gets involved in our life, our life will get better. It's not going to get worse. It's not supposed to get worse. Yeah, life happens. We live in a fallen world and every one of us go through things, but it is the thief that steals, kills, and destroys. And we've got to get to a place in our life to learn and remember who we are in Christ Jesus, that Satan is defeated. So we've got to execute our authority and our dominion and and remind him that he's defeated. And go forward and he's saying, I'm wanting to continually restore your life. But you know the devil's not just going to lay down. And let you walk through life and and your life be multiplied and improved and increased and and better. Just, okay, just go ahead. No, no. One day at a time. Stay focused on the author and finisher of your faith. One day at a time. Draw near to God. One day at a time. Seek Him first. It's a process of knowing God and being the best us we can be. And God is saying, I'm wanting to do something in your life that's new. But I need you to open your mouth and say what I'm saying. Continual restoration is mine. I hope you're saying that continual restoration is mine. Listen to Psalms 51 verses 10 through 12 in the Amplified Classic. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right persevering and steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Now, you know, this is after David had, you know, he had had the affair with Bathsheba. She got pregnant, and David sent her husband out on the front lines, and he died. And so all this is going on, and the prophet comes and corrects David. And David, at this time, you know, the, the prophet, priest, and king, the Holy Spirit would be with them, but the Holy Spirit wasn't in them like he's in you and I. And so David is saying, God, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. God, he says, uh, "I I want a persevering, steadfast spirit within me. He says, I want a willing spirit. Now, if you're a born again child of God, you have His character and nature on the inside of you. You do have a clean heart. You do have a persevering, steadfast spirit on the inside of you. But you can ask, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. This is what Dave was saying. God, the, the freshness that I had in my relationship with you when I first started learning about your character and nature, there was so much joy when I was learning that you're my deliverer, that you're my protector, that you're my healer, that you're all these things to me. He says, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation so there's a a reverence there there's the fear of the Lord there there's a hunger there there's a passion there God remember the time that I needed you when the the lion came and and took one of the sheep and the bear came and took one of the sheep and and you came upon me and I defeated the lion and the bear and then it went on to the to the Philistine and and I took him out too he says God restore to me the reality of how good you are restore to me the joy of of my salvation the word salvation doesn't mean just going to heaven salvation means wholeness and completeness rescuing from whatever you need rescued from it means restore to me the joy of my healing of my provision of my inheritance as a child of god restore to me the joy of my salvation now i go to all different types of churches all across the country and there's times that i'm thinking okay if we're born again children of god where's the joy you know some churches should be called the first church or the sourpuss lemon suckers you I mean it looks like they are so defeated instead of realizing that we have the greater one on the inside of us that angels are assigned to us that you and I can come to God boldly and confidently even in the mess that we might be walking through at the time and this is what David's saying God restore to me and I'm praying this for you restore to us the joy of our salvation now why is that important We're talking about how do I develop my faith for continual restoration. And we've seen that it's positioning ourselves of drawing near, of seeking Him first, of being thankful, of being grateful. And in here, a part of it is saying, God, continually restore my life. I'm going to say what you say. But right here, He says, restore to me the joy. Restore to me the joy. Multiply it. Improve it. Increase it. Make my life better. Take me back to this place of a realization take me up don't bring god down let's let's go up in our thinking and our believing because the joy of the lord is our strength nehemiah eight ten. you know god wants you and i strong proverbs 24 verse 10 it says if we faint in the day of adversity our strength is small now I'm sure that life has happened to you just like it has me, and something that I'm always wanting to keep an eye on, kind of like the gauges on my my truck or my car or whatever, my gas gauge. You want to keep an eye on that. Your oil pressure. You want to keep an eye on that. Well, some of the gauges you want to keep an eye on is the gauge of thankfulness, the gauge of your joy. Because if your gauge on your joy is low, that means your strength is low. How are you doing? The joy of the Lord is my strength. If by I faint in the day of adversity, my, my strength is small. If I have low strength, I have low joy. Listen to some of these scriptures here because these are so powerful. Psalm 16 verse 11, it says, You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand. are pleasures forevermore in God's presence is fullness of joy. Then he goes on to say, "At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. God wants to show you and I the path of life. And we're truly in the presence of God and we truly know that we belong in the presence of God and we truly know that God answers our prayers and his eyes are over the righteous and his ears are open unto our prayer. There's joy there. So the more we're truly in the word of God and we're doing the word of God, there's going to be joy. And where there's joy, there's strength. And if I have strength, I resist the devil and he has to flee from me. James 4, 7. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 11. He says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. These things I've spoken to you. What's he speaking to us? That he wants us to walk in continual restoration. He says that my joy may remain in you and that your joy is full. See, when God speaks something to us, his word is a carrier of joy. And an indicator that I'm receiving God's word is there's joy and peace. When I'm believing God's word, there's joy and peace. Romans 15 verse 13, it says, May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. So if I believe that God wants to continually restore my life, if I believe that continual restoration is happening right now, there's going to be joy and there's going to be peace whenever I truly choose to believe God's Word. So I want you just to check real quick. How's your joy gauge? How's your peace gauge? Because it's an indicator if I'm truly believing God wants to continually restore my life. Remember, not only is God doing this for somebody else, God is doing it for me. I'm looking for somebody who will see and hear and say, restore, continual restoration, frequently recurring, always happening, no interruption. Him getting involved in our life, improving it, multiplying it, making it better. That is the good God that we serve. Listen to Job 42 verse 10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job and restored his fortunes when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. The Lord turned the captivity of Job and restored his fortunes. See God is in the restoration business. And an indicator that I'm believing that he wants to continually restore my life as I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I'm saying restore I'm worshiping. My mouth is filled with laughter and singing. You're beginning to dream again. You're beginning to see what your life would look like being continually restored. You're knocking down the the limitations. See, when we forget what God's done in our life, when we forget the joy of our salvation, when we forget where we've come from, when we forget all the good things that God's done, it limits God. Psalms Uh, 78 verses 41 and 42 it says yes again and again they tempted God and limited the holy one of Israel they did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy so when you you remember what God has done you remember you're delivered from the power of darkness and come into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You remembered that at one time you didn't have the finances to pay for food, but now you do. You didn't have a house, but now you do. You didn't have people that love you, but now you do. Maybe you were sick, but now you're healed. Maybe you were blind, but now you see. Maybe you were deaf, but now you hear. When you remember, God, you were good then and you're just as good now, it It begins to, to 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 be conceived on the inside of you. See, if, if you are questioning, can God restore my life? The image hasn't been perfected on the inside of you. It's, it's when I go from removing the question mark to putting a period there, God can restore and God will restore. Remember, God wants to bring continual restoration in our life. He Not only can he restore, but he will restore. Remember, nothing is too hard for our God. And when the word of God comes, it's the incorruptible word of God. The, that the word is like, comes from the word sperma. So God's word is like the sperm that when it hits our heart and we begin to conceive it, we begin to imagine it, we begin to picture it, it begins to grow on the inside of us to give birth to what god is saying and he says i'm saying i want you to walk in continual restoration but what does faith do faith is thankful and grateful before you see it it's thinking about it it's believing it it's talking it god wants to restore your life god is reaching out to you today he's wanting for you to take a step towards him he's already reaching towards you he's wanting continual restoration to start today and i want it to start by I mean praying over you By you asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Come into the family of God. Don't wait another moment. You know, if I wasn't saved, you know what I'd do? I'd get saved. I would say this simple prayer just like I'm fixing to pray with you. And as you pray with me here, you can be certain that you come from darkness to light. You can be certain that you receive the life of God on the inside of you. And you settle where you're going to spend eternity. Can we pray this prayer together? Can we just say, Father God, today is the day. That I make the decision to believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to give me life. And right now, I accept that life. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, and to be my Savior. And according to God's word, I am forgiven. I am cleansed. And I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, we want you to, to write us. We want you to call us. We want you to let us know that you just made that decision. We want to get some information to you, help you grow, help you know God, help you be your best. Remember, God is looking for somebody who will see it who will hear it, who will say it, continual restoration is mine. I hope you got something out of the word today. Know that we love you. We're praying for you. God bless you guys. and I look forward to seeing you again real soon.